0: Before, we come together to recognize that Jesus was born to be the light of the world. And in John 1, 9, it says the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. And this is Jesus. And in John 8:12, it records Jesus saying, I am the light of the world and whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. You see, Jesus is our light. And light can be used in many different ways. A light may be used to illuminate the darkness in our life. It may be used to guide you through your own darkness. It may be used to illuminate the path as you're hiking through the woods at night or in the early morning hours. It may be used like a flashlight. A light may be used to guide and protect both you and others. It could be like a lighthouse on the point of a shoreline protecting ships, protecting people from running ashore. A light may be used to guide you to a destination. I think of the lights of towns, the lights of cities. And I think of the olden days back when there wasn't much um, technology. And they'd be able to see lights from far away of towns that they know they were getting close to their destination. Jesus, being the light of life, though, shows us how to live. His light helps us to see the difference from right and wrong, good and evil, sinful living versus righteous living. And his light shows us the narrow path, to eternal life through God the Father. Jesus is the prince of peace. And as we've said before, he wasn't just some prince of peace, of worldly peace. To prevent wars or to solve wars, he would give peace between the Father and mankind. Jesus is the light of the world. A light which would shine for all people to see, as we just read and heard. Both then, both now, and all throughout history, we've had this light of the world to illuminate our path to eternal salvation and freedom. Jesus' light brings hope and peace to a dark, dark and fallen world. There may be other sources of light. I think of these candles beside me. But what's different is these candles will dwindle. These candles will soon go out. In fact, I often joke that these candles are my timer. And I know when these candles go out, it's time for me to get off the stage. It's unfortunate for you that I think Amazon said these candles will go for 15 hours. (laughs) The light of Jesus never ends. The life that Jesus brings to our lives will never end. It's an eternal life. It's a forever life. It's a forever light. And we praise God tonight for the arrival of Jesus. But you see, so many people in the world, they don't know of this light. They don't know of this life. And they're often distracted from the true meaning of what Christmas is really about. I looked up some, um, some statistics here. And in the United States, Christmas involves lots and lots of money spending. During one recent Christmas, it said that $22.7 billion was spent in retail department stores in December alone. Nearly 50 million Christmas trees were sold, and that includes nearly 27.4 million real ones and 21.1 million fake ones. So there you have it. Real trees are still the most popular, and they smell the best, too. But you see, we can easily forget the true meaning of Christmas as we get distracted by the many things happening around this holiday season. With the many parties, the many gifts to buy and wrap, the many, the many trees to be decorated, the many friends and families to write cards to. But Christmas is first and foremost about Jesus. He came not to usher in a heartwarming holiday, as some may believe, but to save us from our sins. In the words of Paul, the, wage, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 6.23. This is a great gift that we celebrate at Christmas time. Now maybe some of you are saying, what are you talking about? I thought we came together to celebrate a baby. But we have the great gift of God's word, the Bible, and we know the future. We know what this baby was destined to become. We know that this baby as he was born, as he was placed in that manger, would be proclaimed, heralded by angels, would be visited by shepherds, would be visited by wise men, and would live a life, a sinless, perfect life, to eventually die on the cross, our redeeming Savior. All for us. All for us, because we live in a dark and sinful world, and we needed a redeeming Prince of Peace, a wonderful counselor between God and us. In Luke 2, we have the announcement from the angels to the shepherds, where we read, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. Here is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. This is a great announcement. The shepherds would hear this announcement. They would leave their jobs. They would leave their responsibilities at once to go and see this good news of great joy. They would go and see this great gift which had been given to the world. This was Sunday's message. I'm not going to focus a lot on this. You see, we've already talked about it. We've already sang about it. We've already read about it. We have already remembered it. And we should continue remembering these things forevermore. But how do we allow it to truly transform our lives? What do we do next? We must not just have a Sunday morning worship type life. We must not just worship Christ, this baby Jesus on Christmas. One day a year or a few weeks a year, we must continue to worship Him with every day of our lives. So how do we allow it to transform our lives? How do we go further? How do we go deeper? How do we allow this to impact us? Well, it begins with not stopping at Matthew chapter 1. It begins with not stopping at Luke chapter 2. It begins with us going deeper into God's Word. So right now, I want to move forward tonight. With leading you into Matthew chapter 2. And I want to just briefly talk about an event that did not happen before Jesus' birth. It did not happen at Jesus' birth, but it happened after Jesus' birth. So please listen as I read just a few verses from Matthew chapter 2. Well, we read this. Now after Jesus was born, in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, Behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Now, skipping forward to verse 9, past the wise men meeting with King Herod and being given some instructions, which they intended to skip his instructions to protect this baby, to protect this king, to protect this prince of peace. We move on to verse 9, where it says about these wise men. The wise men found Jesus and offered him gifts as a sign of their worship. But it goes beyond that. You see, bringing gifts was particularly important in the ancient East when approaching a superior. I love that quote. I love that statement because these wise men, these astronomers, these kings, depending on what translation you read or how you study these wise men, they saw Jesus, even as a child, a superior to them. They recognized the importance of this child. So they brought gold, they brought frankincense, they brought more. They brought gold to acknowledge that he was a king. Frankincense to acknowledge his priesthood used in the tabernacle and temple as an incense. And more which was used in embalming bodies to acknowledge his humanity. Now there's much symbolic value behind these gifts. And we could continue to preach an entire message just on these gifts and what they mean. But I don't want us to focus on these gifts. I want us to focus on the attitude of the gift givers. You see, these men, they gave gifts and worshipped this child Jesus. Like the wise men who worshipped Jesus, we must let our light shine by offering our lives as gifts to God. You see, we often think, well, sure, they gave gifts to the king. They gave gifts to the child. But how do we give gifts to Jesus now? We give gifts to Jesus by giving him our lives. We allow our lives our lives, to be a light to shine for him. Knowing full well that we don't have the light. We live in a dark world and we're sinful human beings. But we have the light of Christ, the light of the world. But notice their attitude of worship. Notice these wise men. You see, it was a sacrificial worship with great joy, but with great humble joy. As they left their lives behind and traveled a great distance to see and worship Him, they purchased and brought gifts of value, of meaning. They rejoiced exceedingly at the opportunity to follow and to start to worship Him with their lives. And then... They fell on their faces as they worshipped Jesus. Now, I've got kids at home. I've got kids here, and, and I can tell you, I've never, I, I don't know, I, I shouldn't say I've never, maybe I did when they were little babies, but I don't think I've ever fallen on my face and worshipped my kids. That's, not, that's just not how, how it works. They're to fall on their faces and worship me, right? No, but these wise men... They came before this child, Jesus, and they knew great—they knew the great meaning behind this child. They knew who this child was. They knew who he was to become, and they fell on their faces and worshipped him. Now, I may be paraphrasing a little bit. It doesn't say they fell on their faces, but it does say they fell and worshipped him. Let me read this once more to you again. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? They recognized his royalty. They recognized who he was. For we saw his star when it rose and come to worship him. They went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the stars, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary's mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their gifts, their treasures, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and more. Notice how they went on their way to see this child Jesus. And that's why I say it was a humble joy. They went to see him with a humble joy, Because they weren't trekking through the the wilderness going to see him complaining and moaning and groaning. Oh, I can't believe I'm being led by the star and, and being led to see a child. I can't believe I had to buy all these gifts for him. No. It says they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Which brings a question to mind. Do we rejoice exceedingly with the great opportunity, the great blessing we have to worship this King, Jesus? This Prince of Peace, this wonderful counselor, who's a counselor between us and God. You see, we, again, have this great blessing of knowing God's word and knowing, without a doubt, for a fact, the truth of who Jesus was, is, and still continues to be for us. These men were going off prophecy we're going off knowing what they expected to happen, but we know what happened. They came not to worship Mary. Their real goal was Jesus himself. And again, like the wise men who worship Jesus, we must let our light shine by offering our lives as gifts to God. These wise men, they came, they saw, they worshiped, they gave, and then they returned with good news. They made sacrifices for him, great sacrifices for him. What sacrifice do we make for Jesus? That question never gets old, at least to me, because I think we can always make more sacrifices for him because he made the greatest sacrifice for us. He died on the cross, a death he did not deserve just because he knew we needed it. We needed that perfect sacrificial lamb to give us life. Will we come to him? Will we see him? Will we worship him? Will we fall before him in utter dependence and see the life that he brings, the hope that he brings, the peace, the joy, the love, as we've talked about with these Advent candles? Jesus would bring a great gift into the world of peace between God and man. But, you know, it didn't stop there. That great gift is still available to us today. And will we do it today? Will we continue to be like these wise men and every single day go before him, falling down and worshiping him? Will we go to him with gifts of our lives? Will we go therefore forward past his presence there and to the world and shine our light for them to see? You see, the wise men found him as soon as they could. They did not linger on the way. They did not wait until he had grown up and became a man. The sooner the better is the correct time always. For to, de- to delay may be too late. Now is the appropriate time. Now is the day of salvation. God gave us his one and only son that we might have life. Will you give him your life today? Surrender to him and see your need for a savior. And let me tell you, it's a lot easier than what people make it sound. It's not just about a book of rules and regulations. It's not just about a prayer. It's about acknowledging who Jesus is. Jesus is a Savior. Jesus is a God. Jesus is somebody we need every day of our life. We need to ask for his forgiveness for our sins, for our wrongdoings. We need to ask for his help. We need to admit our need for him to be Savior and Lord over our lives. Allow Jesus, the true light of the world, into your life and follow him. And then allow this light to shine through you to illuminate the darkness, to illuminate the ways to righteous living, a right way of life. And to illuminate the way around you for other people to see what you have. For other people to see the hope, the peace, the joy, the love that you have and that they need. Jesus deserves our worship. Having died to save us, the wise men presented their gifts, and we too must give him a gift. First ourselves, and then all that we are and have, nothing less than total surrender will do for this king, because that's nothing less than what he deserves. He deserves that and so much more. I'm going to close this part of the message in a prayer. And then we're going to light our candles. We're going to sing a few more songs as we have just the candlelight. And then I'll have some closing statements about Jesus being the light of the world before we close in celebration with one final song. So please bow your heads and let's pray. And I ask you, if you've never asked Jesus to be the light in your world, to illuminate the darkness for you, do it now. Don't put it off. Recognize the true meaning of Christmas is Jesus, the Prince of Peace between God and you. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this great night, this Christmas Eve. We thank you for this service where we can come together and worship you together. And what a great sound it is for me, at least, to hear all of these people coming together to worship you. Lifting our voices high no matter how we sound, no matter what the person beside us thinks. We lift our voices knowing that it's not for us, it's not for our neighbor, it's for you. Lord, we praise you and thank you for sending us this Jesus. Lord, we thank you for sending us your Son to be born of a virgin, to be placed in a manger, to fulfill hundreds of prophecies, to be a light for the world, to see that we needed a Savior. Thank you for giving us your Son. And may we recognize the true meaning of, Jesus, uh, of Christmas is Jesus. Lord, we pray for all of these things now. In your holy and powerful name, and all of God's people said, Amen. 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 Thank you. So, at this time, if I could have Alex and McKinley come forward and go ahead and prepare your candles that you have. We're going to light the, the candlesticks here and we're, we're past the, we'll walk row by row and then just pass the flame to your neighbor, please. And then we'll dim the lights. Mm-hmm.
1: How long expect- to Thank mm-hmm. you. i
0: Jesus came into a dark and fallen world to shine a bright, redeeming light. You see, we can have we have this light in our lives, or we can have this light in our lives, but this light isn't meant to be shared on our own, for our own own keeping, for our own good. This light is meant to be shared for everyone. John 8 12 again says, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world, and whoever follows me will not walk in darkness. But we'll have the light of life. So let your light shine by offering our lives as a gift for God. We have a gift to give. We have a gift to receive. We have a gift to share and to spread. And we have many gifts to open probably tomorrow morning. But may we not lose the great, great, great knowledge that we have. That Christmas is about Jesus. Matthew 5, 14 to 16 says, You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Allow the light of Christ in your life. Allow it to shine for the world to see. We're going to sing one more song. If we could all please stand. And let's proclaim these words together. Let's worship God together. The light of the world is a wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Let's celebrate the arrival of Jesus.
1: I fall
0: of your lights but take the lights to the world for them to see take the light to the world for them to see Jesus for them to see this great prince of peace this wonderful counselor for them to see this king thank you and Mary very-